G'day listeners, as I'm sure you're aware, we've had a few logistical issues over the past few weeks as I've moved from Melbourne to Ballarat, uh, and that's kind of affected the sound a little bit in this week's episode, but rest assured, I'll have all of my gear with me properly as of next week, and it'll go back to regular programming. Until then, enjoy this week's set. Hello and welcome to AF Eloquence, the show where we are eloquent AF about all things football. My name is Bart Welch. G'day Bart Welch, my name is Emil Freund. Welcome to the show for round, what is it, 16? Round 16. Oh. You are joining us on the 4th of July. The time is like 5.30, yeah. almost 5.40. Greasy Thursday. Yeah, in the greasy Thursday, Bart's just sort of seen Toy Story 4. Brilliant. I've been stacking some firewood because I'm a lumberjack and now in Ballarat. The man lives in the woods. With a beard to match. That's right. <laughs> Got to keep warm. <laughs> this house is cold. Oof, but the like... footy season is not. It's heating up. Oh, it's hot. It's an, it's an open hot race merely at the moment with uh, a lot it of is. teams in contention for finals. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? Oh. That was a, a great round, a round of upsets. There was a round of upsets. In, and they say that teams all the way down through to 14 are a realistic chance of playing finals or thinking there might be a chance of playing finals. That includes, of course, your Saints, but mm. but we'll have a little chit-chat earlier before we started recording, and, and you don't seem to feel like they are a realistic chance. No. You were saying that you may have you may be checking out yeah. this week. This was your week of... That's right, the grieving week, the emotionally emotional mm. checkout week, where I have realised, I think I've always kind of known, but... This was the nail in the coffin for any kind of real crack at this year, you know, or making finals. We're starting to have some players back, and we, we don't look. We're not there yet. We're just not there. We're not beating those top sides. We're not even beating the sides around us, your North Melbournes of the competition. So I've had a, a bit of a, yeah, this week was my, okay, I'll accept that, and which is always a bit sad. Bit of a sad week, Neil, but I'm, I'm back. Speaking from a point of view of a supporter of a club who has sacked their coach during the season, I can recommend it. Oh, I can yeah. recommend it highly. Well, you've been great. That bump. Yeah, mate. Mwah. Look at this. You're enjoying your Man. football. The, last, the valve has been re- released the last month. You've been getting wins. What have you won? Two or three more games? You're off the bottom of the ladder? Look at this. In tr- indeed. Off the bottom of the ladder, um, have, have won two out of three and had three, no, sorry, four. We've come back from 30-odd points down four times over the last three weeks. That's amazing. That's from, right, a, you know, from a team who hasn't been able to score very much. That's right. Yeah. And, and from, um, from one fan's despair to another fan's joy, how was oh, the game nice. on the weekend? Uh, it, was, um, it was an emotional roller coaster from moment to moment. Take me on that ride, the, baby. Look, that first quarter, we were abysmal, and we have been, that's it, that's been how we've been playing the last three weeks. So we've been giving teams really good starts uh, to the tune of about 30 points or so. Nice. Which is something we've got to, we've got to address. Great strategy. It's something we've got to look at. Oh, mate. We do it, it too. It, put yourself it, under the pump a bit Maybe more. it is. That's right. Put the, put the pressure on. Um, but what it does show is that at least our man Teague is got something about it he's, he's making moves moves that i don't think bolton would have made um and i i think we spoke about it last week i was quite interested in this game for lots of reasons but part of them was that Cripps was out and how we're we gonna what's our midfield balance and dude it was fascinating to watch that having murphy back in the middle having kerno um 
start tagging Nat Fife, then go win his own ball and get 16 clearances. Oh my god. The 18 That's the that's the yeah man, that's oh. the eighth highest high, eighth, eighth best clearance game of all time. I didn't even hear about that on the weekend. That's massive. Yeah. Ed Kerner. And then Brilliant. and that's that's been great. And moving um Jack Silvani onto Fife paid real dividends playing O'Brien on the wing on on um on Hill worked a treat. He looked, like, where does he normally play O'Brien? Because he belongs on the wing, surely. He he does, he does. But he was playing a very tight checking game on Hill because right. that that's their that's that's one of their main avenues to goal that um that destructive boot of of Hill on the yeah. wing. Um, whereas O'Brien was playing very well. He's he's come along along he's come a long way. He has seems since Teague's got, Teague's come on board. He's got a bit a little bit of Jack Billings about him. Something in the way he mm. moves, and then he, he's obviously he's a left kicker left boot kicker as well but that raking left boot, yeah, yeah that's it that ever so attractive raking left boot i don't know, i don't even know if it's if it really is any better but geez it looks like it penetrates more or something about it those, something about those it. left foot kickers but i uh, know he's he's well, he that, has come on hasn't he he's, he's looked good a lot of your side they said there was an interview during the week i think there was an interview during the week brett stanton who's uh, a development coach but is now mid I think he stepped up to be forwards coach or midfield coach of the Blues now that Teague's um, taking the the reign, the realm, the reign, the reigns, hmm. the reigns. That's what the I mean. The reigns. Um, but he, the reigns. He said that he's the player you would want kicking to you if you were on a lead, him or Murphy, and that's that's pretty significant um, for a second year player. Yep. I'm pretty pretty pleased with that. Given a lot of people had question marks about him, which was ludicrous. People are too quick to judge. Oh, yeah. Things. They're criticizing a kid who's like 18 for being picked 10th. Ten, yeah. He wasn't even at, it's not like he was right. top five or top three. Like, yeah. around there. Sm- small frame. Yeah, he's yeah, small. Classy, dude, classy user. Beautiful kick. Like, he's not going to show you all of it in his first year. No. He's got to develop. And, and then to have, to, 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 to go in front with a minute and a half to go and the elation of that, and then the ball to to find its way into our defensive fifty again, oh, and that yeah. that goal, man, uh, Schwitzkowski, Schwitzkowski, he's a he's a damn good player. Yeah, who is I he? I don't really tell know me, much about him, about him. But he's yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know next to nothing about him. But he's fast. They call him Swift. Swift Schwitzkowski. So uh, easy to say. Swift Shrout. Swiftkowski. <laughs> yeah. He's very damaging. He, he runs hard. He tackles well. He he. There was like two or three very important tackles he laid on us at key moments, um, and he kicked a couple of important goals. He was really good for them, uh, and including that goal to put him back in front oh. with only a minute to go. Were you just thinking, "Here we go again"? Oh man, here we go again. It was the Gold Coast all over again. Yeah. Um. It was yeah. It was it was pretty heartbreaking to to, to have gone in front with that Dale Thomas kind of run through and, and soccer it off the ground goal, uh, which was a beautiful goal. And also the, the, the veterans standing up in that last quarter, that important Cade Simpson goal from the pocket, Dale Thomas mm. getting the Crummers goal in the goal square, and then Murphy with that beautiful, oh. with 30 seconds to go, balk and snap Murphy. banana off his right. Turn, oh. back the, turn back the clocks. He was one of the best players of the round. Man. Clutch. Oh, well, he was vote. He was voted on AFL.com best player of the round with a vote uh, of like thirty one percent. Well, so, there we go. Yeah. Massive. There you buddy go. Mate, the, yeah. yeah, that's that's a majority. It's a it's a firm win for Mark Murphy. It was a good news story. I was very pleased to see it. And look, uh, there are a lot of people who were talking about. And and Bolton clearly thought he was done from the midfield, or maybe he was just giving the kids a run because that was going to be the nucleus of our next big team. But there's. It's clear that his experience and now surround the footy 
um, is not easily replaced and he is uh, important to our makeup and I'm so pleased that he's playing good footy. Um, I reckon that Bolton's game plan just didn't suit him amongst other players. Too too structured, too um, yeah. too rigid, play, too defensively play, minded. Play the game, use a bit more of the flair. I love you love seeing that attacking flair and people just take it on, play on instinct. Where all the most yeah. enjoyable stuff happens. I agreed, and I don't. I've never. I don't think he was ever the right pick for captain. I was never really that happy about it, and so I was. I'm. I'm glad that he seems to have been freed up, especially in the last few weeks. So it's awesome, man. Good on him. Well done, Blues. And we've got another chance. We've got a chance this week to top move top another days. spot up in the ladder. Yeah, yeah and that'll you, be a and good game. I reckon. Yeah, it will be, and you well could do it. it. Looks like Max Gorn's a little sore. to know if he's going to play or not. The teams are announced in about half an hour's, uh, forty minutes time. So. We'll make our assumptions and our and base our tips on those, but it could change a lot in the next little while, seeing who's in and out. But that, it absolutely could that game particularly. Yeah, it's looking less likely than than more that he that he'll play. Great whereas Cripps is, is a chance, although I I don't I don't think he will play. I don't think he should. No. Well, now for you as a fan, well, what do you like in these scenarios where you're not playing finals? You know, any win is. Oh, of course, this is very different for you with your pick going to Adelaide. I was going to say, do you win, try and win games and get that winning feeling? And is that, that's the best thing for the, for the Blues, right? Just learning how to win. Because obviously the pick goes to Adelaide, so you want to move from as far away from the bottom as you can, right? Well, this is why I was never... I was always for this draft swap, the, the, trade, swap, the trade of picks. I was always about it because, all right, sure, we may end up giving a... We'll, prob- we'll, get- we'll end up giving Adelaide a top three pick, most likely. Most likely. And so be it. Yeah. Um, but what it says to the team, what it says to the supporters, is that there's no silver lining anymore for finishing low down the ladder and for losing. We've got to be mm. all about winning. We've got- we-, we think we've got the players in club, in-house, to take us there. There's no, there's no, se- there's no you know, booby prize for finishing low down. We've got to get those Ws on the get board. Get those wins, baby. Because um, that's what it's all about from now. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, and that's, and yeah, c- considering we had, you know, that the, the start of the season we've had and the, the team that have endured the losses we've had over the past three years, we've just got to get those wins on the that's board. That's right. What about you as a Saints man? What do you, what do you see the rest guess, of the season as being yeah, about? Yeah, the question's better directed at me really in this position. Hey, because... So to to win more and to have a good finish to this season does just put us in that ninth, tenth, eleventh kind of no man's land, which doesn't do anything particularly well for your draft hand. It also doesn't give you the best thing for your fixture next year. So it's kind of a lose lose. Um, it's a bit of a bad spot to to land in. But um, I, I'm 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 undecided, man. I feel I feel like to be honest, maybe maybe landing there is still better than us dropping a few more spots and getting a top three or a top four pick or something. Um. And do you think the Saints would hold on to that or try and trade it out for a, a player? At the minute, I reckon if we're still hunting Cornelio and he's around at that time and hasn't made his mind up, which I doubt will be the case, I reckon he'll either re-sign or it'll be someone else. But it would be, that pick would absolutely be involved in anyone such as his calibre. That and the years afterwards to get him, I imagine, and lots and lots of doll hairs. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm undecided. I, th- I think if I had to make a call, I'd rather have a strong finish to the season and just get games into more of these younger players or more inexperienced players. Yeah. How have you seen, have you seen the development of your list so far at this point of the season? It's been better this year than it has over other years. It, I had a 
I'll tell you, okay, I kept, there's some a fair few silver linings, actually, and and one from the weekend, or a big one through this week. The ones from last weekend um, against the Tigers was Hunter Clark just played like we thought Hunter Clark could play like. It was just, the first half was massive. He was leading the ranking points, was just so courageous, off, playing off the halfback, which is what he was in his junior year. He played midfield in his under-18 season, I think his final season. But really, he's been a halfback his whole life. And I think we've just tried to turn him into a midfielder, which he may eventually be. But we played Clark, Clark and Caulfield came in, who'd been really disappointing this year, man. Caulfield had been really... looked like a shadow of himself. Maybe he'd yeah, been... Bit of, it wasn't good. Second-year second blues, man. But quite blue. Pretty... Yeah. yeah, they were very blue. Mm. A dark shade of blue, more than others. Because Hunter was having it as well. He was having second-year blues. Um, but they yeah. on the weekend, but particularly Clark, it was like, oh, here we go. Here's our two half backs for the next ten years, like Clark and Caulfield. If they're playing like this, but Clark could be man, anything, man. Two top ten picks. They've, they've, you've got to, you've got to see something, and yeah, it's great right. to see that. And they both wonderful. That's right. And Caulfield particularly been really down in the dumps, but he played a good game. And Clark has been here and there, but just a bit tired, a bit gassed. His tank isn't quite there. But this was like. Yeah massive off the halfback setting up big plays kicking mainly on his left they weren't even commenting on it and upstairs he just kicks right left you don't you don't really know they hadn't noted that it was his non-preferred because he kicked about five six in a row releasing out that side of from defense on his non-preferred and took some marks it was a cracking game man I bet they weren't talking about it upstairs because they don't do their research. No, they wouldn't have known. Someone, if, if, no. he didn't kick on his right for the first like quarter or so, and they were like, Clark is having some kind of impact and we're really getting into him, but no one said. This whole time as well, it's on his non-preferred. He hasn't kicked on his right yet. Anyway, he was, he was amazing. Um, and, yeah, I watched, I watched a lot of that game, and I thought, I thought he was one of the big reasons that you were as competitive in the first three quarters as you were. Absolutely. It was, it was awesome. He's, got, he's like one of those players... With those b-ball backgrounds or whatever it is, who has a lot of time in, in tight. Yeah, I don't even think he did yeah. play basketball, which might surprise you. Um, it does, uh, but he's he's one of those. He just has extra time, and he's got these sticky little mitts, like Fife or Bond. Something about him reminds me of Fife and Bond and Pelly. Not even just little moments. That's like, how did you pick that up? How did you? It always you. He, every time hair. he goes it's down, it's definitely the hair. It's got to be the hair. That's what it is. Yeah. The bloody hair. That's what it is. Right. It's nothing to do with the way he plays. He just looks like him. His hair. That's right. Um, no, it's the, it's the silky, silky Pantene Pro-V in his hair. Sticks to his hand. It makes his hands all silky. That's what it is. He's, a, he's cheating. <laughs> That's why his mitts are so sticky. That pan, Pantene Pro-V mm-hmm. stick. Um, but I tell you, Emil, <laughs> I tell you, when we're talking development and the Saints list, there's one player who has been developed who has been developing, and I've been a big fan for the last couple of years, but boy, oh boy, has he developed him further this year. Um, do, you know yeah. who, do you know who? what his name is? He's the surprise number one player, number one ranked player in the AFL after round 11. He's on our list. Paddy McCartan. His name is Patrick McCartan. Mm-hmm. He's getting all these ranking points. He's, they, they just <laughs> carry over from when he used to play. Now that he's That's right. oh, retired or going I'm, to retire. I made that joke and just felt sad immediately about it. It is a sad time. It's isn't terrible. It? No. You're a bad person. It's got to be, <laughs> I am. It's, it's got to be Jack Billings, right? No, it's not. Jade Gresham? Not at all. Who? Right? What makes this even stranger is that we're reportedly going after an Essendon Ruckman as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Rowan Marshall. Rowan Marshall has been the number one ranked player. 
in the last, what is it, five rounds, since round 11. Number one in the AFL. That's amazing. Right? Above, like, That's Dusty and Fife and, <laughs> and the other two Ruckman. He's been unreal, dude. Well, he, ha- he had a hell of a game on the weekend. And he's been doing that every week mm. for about eight weeks. Mm. Like, literally, he's just been doing the same thing, getting 30-odd hit-outs when he's not even really much of a ruckman and then just dominating them around the ground, kicking a couple goals, taking a big contested clunks for about two months. He's been doing every... every so are they, ch- are they chasing Goldstein as backup or as some sort of uh, development? I don't know. Like what's, I mean, they have to spend a minimum amount of salary cap, so I guess they don't want to be paying their current players completely overs. I think it's, a um, good, I think it's still a good call going for one of these other Ruckman. Like you said, we've got heaps. I'm, we don't, I'm, f- I'm fine with yeah, it. Yeah, and our two other Ruckman, Billy Bonger, the big bong head, yeah. who's like an yeah. old growth forest when he falls over, like a big old tree going down. He's so slow, and t- he's an amazing hit Ruckman, tap Ruckman, and that's it. Pick eight, former pick eight, you know, from the Lions. Like, he's... Out with concussion issues this whole year, but he's just does, he just doesn't. He doesn't have what it takes to be an AFL standard ruckman. And Lewis Pierce has shown a little bit. He's been out since the JLT with concussion as well. It's actually pretty rife through the Whoa. Same, yeah. Same same okay. uh, might have been the same game as Paddy McCartan. Um, so we've had a bit of it right. at, our, at our club. Um, but the anyway, head Saints. Our, our our ruck stocks are very shot. So we only have Marshall. So when. He goes down, or when he goes on the bench, we have like Blake Akers or Josh Bruce coming in, and, yeah. and we, if we're against anyone good, we get smashed in those in those times. And is it worth not having a backup person if you get scored eighteen points against Grundy when Rowan's on the bench and can't get on or whatever it is? Not worth it, mm. I reckon. If you're having no, absolutely, yeah. But anyway, that's that's that was a nice little thing to sweeten up my emotional emotionally checking out week. That was a nice little. Hey, by the way, you got to potentially one of the best better players in the comp at the moment and uh definitely man and, and he's, he's he's one of, he's one he's he and tim english are the kind of exciting young ruckman of a of the competition the up-and-comers and what's his name right. from frio who who cruiser gave a bath to on the weekend um he's been good as well i missed i missed that um because of uh, great the free uh yeah the, uh the young what Fremantle team? ruckman who second Oh, uh, is it Sean Darcy? Big boy Sean Darcy? Yes, yes. He, he, he's another one of the up-and-coming young ruckmen, but... Um, he's good, isn't he? Yeah. He is uh, good, but Cruiser was better this weekend. <laughs> anyway. A round, a round of upsets. Oh, I'm glad to, I'm Sorry, before we move on, I'm, I'm glad that there have been silver linings. And the way that the season's progressed, the number of wins, it's all good stuff. It's not quite the season you felt you might have had, I, I reckon, from where I'm sitting, mm. based on how it started. But you would have taken it, right? A hundred percent. And the start was always a bit of a like unbelievable start, you know, that that didn't feel like it could really be sustained against the top side. So yeah, this wasn't the year we were gonna we were tipped to be the wooden spooners from a lot of people, and we've done far better than that. And I've liked a lot of the things we've done. So I'm I'm pretty happy with where it's at, to be honest, man. I really am. Next year yeah, will be more interesting. And you're only, you're only you're only sacking Richard away from another half dozen wins. Exactly. That's right, and then we get someone fresh. And you know what? Also, we our two top draft picks from this year in Max King and Jack Bytel have have been were injured when we drafted them, and we yeah. haven't played either of them. So they've been you know yeah. rehabbing and then developing. Bytel's you know doing development stuff now. Um, so we got those and two. He's a King's a top four pick, and oh. you can you can see what the players around him are doing in the, in the league already. You know, you look at you look at obviously Sam Walsh. Oh, you look at Rosie, Rosie. You look at yep. 
Mm-hmm. from that team. Smith from from um, the Bulldogs. Yeah, Rankin when he comes back to Gold Coast. Ben King, mm. his brother, who's doing kick two in the first quarter against the Saints. Like, yeah, he's 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 not going to be a player that you you'd imagine would take long to make an impact. So it's, there's some there's stuff to look forward to. So the round that's been, we had some big upset games. We obviously talked about the Essendon Giants game last week, so we won't rehash that too much. Yes. Um, I also Geelong nearly completely and... forgot that we recorded after that and had talked about it. So I'm glad yeah. you remembered. <laughs> well, it's I, I don't remember much, but I remember that. Um, Geelong and the Adelaide Crows, we, we didn't really... That, we were recording on the night that that was playing, so we mm. didn't talk about that much. No. Except, except that for... I, I pointed out that I'd seen them at the airport and seen the fear That's right. in Tex, Tex Walker's eyes, which was legitimate because they were roundly beaten by the Cats. They were. They showed some fight, but the cats were just too good. Yeah, they were out for revenge. Those pussy cats. Mm. They're pretty good after mm-hmm. uh, the week after they've come back yeah. from a losing <laughs> from the bye. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The week after the week of the bye, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the the battle of the birds, the birdie derby, um, the hawks mm. and the eagles. That was a that was a pretty good game to watch. I enjoyed that. The wet yeah. weather footy man. Weather. Shuey was insane. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was in that fourth quarter as well. Something else. Mm. He's big, isn't he? And they're com- they're coming yeah, along all right. The Eagles, they really are. They're tuning up. Nat Fife, I mean Nat uh, Nat Newey made a oh, successful return. And so good to see. He looked he looked there. He looks he looks the part. He looks ready. Um, he'll obviously get a bit fitter as the time as time goes on. But man, he's he's huge for them. You can just say it's it. just like that. He's one of he's in that top tier with. Um, Grundy, Gorn, and Rob Marshall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Second only to Rob Marshall. Second only to Rob Marshall. No, I, those three are in the tier of their own yet. Marshall's just knocking on the door this last month. Last month. But Nat mm. Nui is in those, that right up there in that top three. So it's, it's huge to have him back. Oh, hell, yeah. The Swans kept going on with it, um, and they're making their late run as they are, are accustomed to doing this this adds more weight to my theory that the teams are kind of trying to trying to tune themselves up for the back end of the season and yeah and, it's a good theory merely it really seems to be um, paying off at the minute there's a lot of people making their run towards finals is an un, uncharacteristic uncharacteristically geez hmm help me out here merely what am i trying to say i, was, I thought it was very eloquent thank yeah. you thank you well as we know what this show is all about. Um, there's a lot of teams vying for a spot. Let's just say that, Neil. A lot of people can still make it there, mm-hmm. which is very strange. But those Swanee... The log jam is real. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of teams maybe... And I know that. all about logs. Oh, you are. <laughs> the, the Lumberjack. A couple guys from That's Tassie. Right. Know a thing or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two guys who just got back from Tassie. That's us. Welcome back to the podcast. And then the Ruse. Just getting it done against Collingwood. I mean... Jeez. That was that was huge. It begs you to ask the question, think, doesn't it? Who's good? Who's good? I don't know, mate. I think the ruse are kind of good. The ruse are very exciting to watch, and they seem pretty damn good. Whereas Collingwood are off that. Oh, yeah, they're off the boil. Collingwood, you know, they're good with all of their. I guess their injuries. You said it last week. They got so many injuries. It's not all working at the moment. And there's a bit of. They got an angry Bucks. He's not happy. Um, no, but you know they he needs to find good. that yoga zen. He does. Yeah. I reckon he needs they, they, to, actually, you're right. That's what he needs to do. He needs to go on a retreat again. Bucks. Back. Yeah. Exactly that. I think, and uh, it's exciting that um, 
Uh, high IQ Isaac Quaino is uh, coming into the side this week. That'll be an exciting. He's tipped to make his debut. Oh, he's a jet. He's exciting as high mm. IQ. I did, what, what's that about? Is he? A, I know he is a smart high, young man. High high pick IQ Isaac Quaino. Oh, that's Just good. That. Well, well, he's also mm. a looks like a smart young man. He speaks very well. He is. So I, he I imagine his IQ would be rather high. That's good though. Well, his football IQ is certainly very high. <laughs> it's good. Oh, he'll be great to watch. He's a quick man off the halfback. Mm-hmm. The bullies getting it done. And wasn't Bont beautiful in the wet? Jeez, um, yeah, that was impressive. And Port Adelaide. Of course. Just being Port course, Adelaide. Of course. Fuck, just, Port Adelaide. Just, we both were seduced. Can't tip them. Cannot tip them. But no. I, I've been dodging, you know, I tip them going to lose, they'll win. I tip them to win, they'll lose. I've just been going the exact opposite. And knowing them, I'll try and shift it up and be try and catch myself out, and it'll be the other way. I can't win with them. They're annoying no. there. But we'll, we'll go to an... the, the doggies. He... And the doggies. Very if, if much If you wanted so. to paint, you know, talk this narrative out, That's the doggies true. are a game out of the eight. Like, they're only... That's true. They're, you know, they're, no one's really thinking about them. And no one thought about them in the... 2016. I know, not saying they're a premiership team, but stranger things have happened. 2016. <laughs> oh, man. They are building some... And Stranger Things debuts today on Netflix, so maybe it's the season. I don't know. Yeah. Sponsored um, by Netflix. This the doggies are... The, that's right. The doggies do feel like they're getting some form at the right time, don't they? Yeah, and that's... And we all know that getting form at the right time is uh, how you win those premierships. What it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. No doubt Liberal will be back at some point as well. So. Yep. Spiritual leader of the club. That's right. The Bulldogs balls. And by spiritual leader, I mean like spirit molecule kind of leader like takes you out to do big <laughs> drug weekends with Libba, the spiritual leader yes he's the low priest of the western burbs <laughs> uh, very much the high priest on the weekends though oh, that's right that's right um uh lions getting it done against melbourne who are very disappointing yeah um very 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 disappointing indeed oh well, they're sad aren't they I listened to. Um, yeah, they are. Did you listen to great podcast, the Junk, junk Time podcast on the weekend or last week? Whenever it was? I did. Did you hear? I did listen to the Brogan from um, Auntie Donna. Yes, yes, indeed. He was a Demons fan. Interesting hearing. He seemed like pretty much classic D's supporter talk, though. He was kind of not too sad about the year because you know they had all of their things, their injuries, and their crappy off season, and they're gonna. He he was of the opinion, right, that they're gonna like bottom out this year and just nab a top three pick and then hopefully together it all comes back to where it should have been and you've just added another top three pick, another midfielder or whatever, and then bounce back into contention. But geez. There's something, there's something to be said for that. They did, they did go, they were much better last year than most people anticipated. And then you saw what happened with Richmond, you know, um, before their, before uh, they went on their big, Premiership run and, and their finals campaign, they they did the same thing, missed finals unexpectedly after building really strongly. So I think there's an argument to be said for that. I also think it's probably some white knuckle fucking hope. Oh, it's a imagine lot if you're a D supporter and they and, oh, they, and they had the season they had last year, a lot of, and then were, were terrible, mate. Right? A lot of wishful thinking. I reckon it took weeks to come to that because he's emotionally checked out. That's how. That's how you get to that. But you know what they could. Well, if you're a D supporter, you're used to it. Oh, you are. You do it every year. Set and forget. Mm-hmm. It'll reset. Yeah. Well, you know, they could be that, but they also could be the what, what our St Kilda's rise was in these last kind of five years, which was from a two-win side to a then a six-win side to a, then a 12-win, missed out on percentage in, must have been 2016, 
And then we were 11 mm. wins again, just out of we're like, oh, 11 wins. That was the, that was the year we needed to have, you know, we're going to 12, like, oh, a little second year after that. Okay. And then let's launch the next year. Then we won four and a half wins. And now this year, we're at, you know, like that was just a fake little, here's your rebuild. Is it paying off? Like, nah, you're not there. Nah. So you never know what, <laughs> what, what, what these little peaks are going to be. Is it? You'd think the D's next year should be a, what, like we thought preseason of this year with the full squad, they're a potentially top four side, um, but not this I, year. I reckon. I reckon they will. I reckon they will be. I reckon they will be. I, I'm. I'm a big fan of their list. I think it's great. Me too. Um, they. They just need that. They need Weedy Man to 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 step up. Actually, they need, their their forward fifty entries need to lift. they There's a lot of. There's a high volume of them. But in terms of um, locking it into their forward fifty, but also um, kicking to advantage of their forwards, they're just they're yeah, admirable. They off, bomb it in, yeah, a lot of bombs. Yeah, the ground ball gets uh, they get killed on the ground ball gets. Um, mm-hmm. They don't lock it in at all. Petrarca hasn't looked great, has he? He's had an okay season, I thought. Um, you just but want he, him. You just, he just want looks him too to bulky. Tear, yeah, you want him to just tear a game apart. Like, and he should be playing like Jordan Ngoi, I think. That's what it but, feels like he should be and has the potential to be. He probably will get there. He's still yeah. only young, but... Yeah, I hope so, for his sake. Mm. Um, but he, he just looks... He looks a bit... He just looks too bulky and, and slow He does, to me. doesn't he? Yep. Yeah. Mm. He looks like he's got a good-looking good body, but not a very functional Good beach one. body. Mm-hmm. Good, for, oh, yeah. good for summer. But not for winter. Yeah, yeah. It's a Great. winter sport. Right. Shed down. Got to be. You got to be able to run all day. Well, that's that's what I say, Christian. <laughs> Get to it. <sighs> Me sitting here, in my cozy jacket. I just pulled a little. I, I just, <laughs> just pulled a piece of popcorn out of this jacket. I'm telling Christian Petrarca no, to go um, run. Hey, I, I, I work at a cinemas, and I went and saw Toy Story. That's how. This, oh yeah, how this. tasty jacket popcorn. Oh, it's delicious. My favorite kind. Well, let's talk about this week's games, Bart. Um, yeah. Is there any other hot, we've got is there some... any other hot, hot news takes from the week? There wasn't really, was there? It was a bit of a slow, mm. slow-ass week. Oh, there was a Brennan Goddard article today or maybe yesterday that talked about the Saints, and they, uh, he seemed to suggest that Jack Stephen was all, almost likely to request a trade at season's end. This year? What are you, have you... Well, I've mm. heard them talk about it um, in previous years. Geelong were, have been really interested. I think they've always yeah, they inquired were. about him. It's one of those ones. And, well, yeah. hell, man. He's been there that long through such a shitty time that I nearly, like, wouldn't blame him. Like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him. I, I love Jack Stephen. He yeah. has been and still kind of probably is my favorite player at the Saints. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if he's not feeling great and needs a fresh start or whatever it is and wants to move further down the coast with his family, then that's what he needs to do. But I hope not, man. I also wouldn't be surprised if Brennan Goddard just was full of shit. Doesn't know shit, yeah. Look, it wouldn't surprise me. He's looking for work. <laughs> yeah. He was looking for work last year. He's, he's not... looking for work this year. He's got to make some content. Yeah. Sell that content. That's, that's it. He doesn't strike me as, I, I don't know, he's not proved himself as a newsbreaker. Unlike us, but No. Uh, unlike us. That's right. Speaking of which, there was a photo I sent you uh, during the week of a certain recruiter from a certain royal parade club having lunch with a certain gws player on lycon street interesting do go on Ooh. may i well shall i uh try and get let the listeners guess who this is who would who would this high profile player be from from up north 
Ooh, who indeed? Um, rhyme, rhymes with Bodniglio. Nick Haynes. Oh. It is Nick Haynes. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Nick Haynes, huh? Nick Haynes on yeah. Live on Street mm-hmm. talking a sauce. Talking a sauce. Jeez. Having a sausage roll. A little sausage roll. Now, of course, it is. Yeah, Stephen Caniglio. 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 Cogs. 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 The cogs are in motion. Yeah. Interesting. Just having mm. a chat, right? Just catching up. Two odd mates, yep. surely. Well, maybe. He chose them at pick two, so uh, they have a history. They do. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I think it's probably just, you know, due diligence. You've got to meet. Um, when the offer is in front of you and it's that big, you've got to yep. be respectful and meet. You've got a history with this person. I think, I still think he's going to sign with the Giants, though. Yeah. I feel like he's, he will as well. But I just, mate, sometime soon, someone's got to gonna fall from that club for the money. It just has to happen. It's your job. Mm. It's business. You make a few more million yep. for a couple of years. Someone's got to be that, that way minded and go, ah, oh, fuck the flag. It really, like, it'd be great. But, like, um, it's also my job. I could think. Well, I don't know. None of the players since Trelaw have come out and said unequivocally, I'm not going to move. Whereas he came out and, and said, I'm not going to move from the Giants. So, and then did. Yeah. So I'm waiting for the player from the Giants to say, I'm not moving. And then you'll know that they're moving. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then you lock it in. Um, mm. Well, I don't know. I still haven't figured out. I'm, I'm prying. I'm prodding. Every time I see out the ambassador, he's pretty tight-lipped. Alex Williams? He's, yeah. Uh, well, I would, I would be too. Yeah, absolutely. Those, you know, with that position comes, you know. Mate, responsibility. He, he might be an amb- he might be an ambassador. Exactly right. He's got a responsibility to the club, and he may have some sort of diplomatic immunity. I don't know how that works, yeah, yeah, but uh, you have got to be careful. Absolutely. Well, not, uh, you got to watch what you say. People are out too. That's right. Oh yeah. I did see. Um, they, they, I, d- I did see uh, um, Dave Matthews, the CEO of the Giants, ooh, had a funny uh, of the Dave Matthews band. Of Wonderful. the Dave Matthews band, of course. Dave Matthews. Uh, he would take took a funny shot to Trelaw for the week. About um yeah. about leaving and you know this and that and we're saying I just at the end of it we were saying it was all about this stuff saying he wasn't going to leave and then this and this exactly. and then saying you haven't really missed him anyway they haven't really needed him which is pretty great okay yeah definitely okay he would still be a very good player at the team um I could oh man they they, they would have they probably they probably would have oh no I wouldn't I would say that that's right um, Dylan Shield haven't really missed I, him. I would rather I'd, I'd rather Trelaw over Shield definitely one hundred percent me too. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, there's, there's some, that's kind of the week, isn't it? It's a, we're, it's building, it's building up to something special. The finals are starting to, starting to be pretty close. Isn't it? Round sixteen is, it's deep in the year. Every game really, really counts in here. Well, one more story during the week, but that I think we need to talk about. Um, Ed Kono was uh, captaining the Blues this week, and there was a story posted on Carlton's social media on, um, on how he found out he was going to be captain, and this is. This is a little uh, oh, insight, those perhaps, endearing, into David Endearing little footy moments? It was a little bit. Um, and also, I hadn't seen it done this way before. Uh, I suspect normally it's just, you know, oh, I've seen the way Bolts kind of announces it, and it's very formulaic. You know, right. Has the, has the playing just... group there and says, oh, and boys uh, making, a, ma- making a debut this week will be uh, Liam Stocker or whoever, you know. Whereas right. this way, it was kind of fun. I thought this was okay. Quite nice. I see. Well, so so also because both of your captains were out. Obviously, is is Colonel or Vice, or was it? Lit- it was actually just them choosing someone to captain the game. He is. He is. Day. He is a vice captain. Yes, Ed Colonel is a vice captain. So it, it was um the obvious choice, but 
I don't know, this is the way that they announced to him and the planning group. So David Teague said, all right, everyone get your phones out and you got to put it, huh? you got to put them on loud. Take right. no silence. They'll be on loud. And they put them at the front of the room. And he said, you know, the first person who gets a phone call, they're going to be captain of the club this week. Oh, this is brilliant. And then this is brilliant. A few seconds passed and Ed, Ed Kerno's phone starts to ring and the playing group explodes. You can see that they love him very much. And up he, up he comes and he's uh, smiling from ear to ear. And that's the way that they announced it to him and the players. Absolutely <laughs> am a fan of that. Yeah, right. That's so much fun. Yeah. That's the best. Why not do that? That's awesome. Yeah, cle- love that. Clearly they arranged it and called him at the time. But I would just, I would have loved if in that moment, that little gap, if in that tiny little gap, that just someone else got a phone call uh-huh. and we'd been, oh we'd been captured by, you know, um, Levi Casbolt that way. <laughs> oh my God. And then everyone just goes along with it because it's too awkward to be like, <laughs> oh no, 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 that's not what we meant. Oh, no, no, no. And so Levi steps up to be captain for the week. Oh, and then big plot twist, it just makes him rise. Right. He just goes to heights that no one thought Levi Casbolt could ever reach. He's... And he just takes 10 contested marks. Oof. Kicks a it's bag a of rock. six. Yeah. They played him forward this They're both week. Playing, was he? Yeah. They played forward again? Well, because Liam Jones okay. played, played again, so they put him back. Oh, that's and, good. Yeah. Right, right. That's he good. was good. He was, he was responsible for our important last goal. So good on you, Levi. Fantastic, Levi. All right. Well, this week's games. Let's get into our tips, but we've got the um, Battle of the Victorian Birds, the Victorian Verdi Derby at the MCG yes. on Friday night. Uh, the Hawks take on Collingwood. Um, Collingwood a bit off the boil, and the Hawks played well last week without giving the result. Where do you sit with this one? Mm. And, and the Hawks would love to spoil the party for the Magpies, wouldn't they? Wouldn't oh, they haven't. just love to get this win just to... Just to shape the eight, just an eight shaper. Because the Hawks aren't playing. The Hawks aren't playing finals this year. No. Um, but even I, th- I think a loss. I think Collingwood won't go two weeks in a row where they aren't. They don't have that hard edge that their midfield has, and where they're shirking contests because of pressure or perceived pressure, which mm-hmm. is what was happening again with the Ruse. I don't think that'll happen two weeks in a row. I back, think the Pies back at the G as up. well, which is important for their chances. It is. I agree with you, Bart. I'm tipping the Pies in this one. Although, G, I wouldn't be surprised. Each In an each-way kind of way for the Hawks. In an each-way sense. I get you. Next game. So we're both on the Pies. Uh, next game, Saturday at uh, 1.45, at, also at the MCG. We've got Essendon and Sydney in a pretty intriguing game, what must be, it must be said. They've both had pretty good form uh, in the last little while. I mean, last game, they both played well, at least. Um, what, do you, what do you reckon about this one? It's a hard game, isn't it? Mm. You know, the, they've had a good bit of history the last couple of years. Um, played off in some tight games. Sydney, they have, haven't they? Some exciting ones. Mm. Sydney pumped them in a final, their last final they played as well. Yep. It's a bit of, bit of spite because of that, mm. maybe, merely. Mm. Um, I think... Uh, um, is, is, are Essendon, if, if this is their narrative, are they, start, are they starting? Are they starting to, to kick into gear at the right time? Because we'll find out. The Swans seem to be doing it, and so, so do the Dons. Um, For my Essendon supporting mates, I'd love to think that that was the case. But I don't know. I, don't, I, think, that, I think that Giants kicking kept Essendon in the game last, night, last week. And although, yeah, they, they, it was an amazing fight back in the last, you know, 10 minutes and da 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 da, da. I, I don't think that they're a very good side this year. And I think Sydney are, oh, I don't know. I, I almost, 
I was always about to back Sydney, and I think I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to back Sydney in this game. Um, All right. Yeah, tipping him. There we go. You talked yourself into it. Um, well, they've won three in a row. Mm. It's not crazy. No. You know, they beat West Coast. They're away from home, though. I think Essendon, a bit of home, t- home ground advantage. Have, Seems to be a bit of a, bit more of a thing this year. They'll have big numbers Normally, I don't, this game after last week. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a pretty hot game. 145. I hope it's a sunny day for them. Mm. But I think the Dons. I think the Dons will win. All right. Next game of the round, up on the Gold Coast, uh, the Suns taking on Richmond um, mm. in what could be a really, well, really nasty game for the, for the Suns, I reckon. It could be. Yeah. Return of Tom Lynch, yeah. the captain. Um, look, you'd think the Tigers, it, it could get, get ugly. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. it will get ugly. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. warming up nicely. And what are the Suns, eight, nine losses in a row? Mm-hmm. And the Tigers are just getting everyone back. For finals. Yeah. They're in the eight now. They're seventh. Um, yeah, the Tigers. Same. The showdown, the Adelaide Game the Derby. Round. Game of the round, I reckon. Yeah, you're right. Um, Crows and Port. And, gee, this is going to be a good game. Crows. Crows. Fuck you, Port. Fuck you, Port forever. Well, yeah, Adelaide do have a better <laughs> recent record um, in, 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 in the in the. Cross town showdown history games, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. But no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm backing Port in on this game. I know I shouldn't, oh. and I'm gonna regret it. But I, no, you won't. I, don't you worry, because I'm gonna tip the Crows, and you know what that means. Port will win. Don't you worry. Right. You got it right with that Geelong game. <laughs> You're the the Port, the power whisperer. Power whisperer. <laughs> and also, the fear of Tex Walker. It hasn't abated just yet. He's still scared. Oh, you can still feel the presence of his fear. That's right. The power whisperer <laughs> I mean, breaks down the power stance. And I think some. I think the power will get some of their players back, including Tom Rockcliffe, who had a casual 50, Ooh, yeah. fifty-three touches or something in the, in the Sandville. Um, Huge. Westoff had a big game. Ryder. They may not. Ryder. Even if he doesn't play, I think that competition for spots. They're going to want to respond after their disappointing game last week. It was dismal, and you're right. But I've got to go to the Crows because uh-huh. because uh-huh. it makes sense to tip the power. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm going the opposite. All right. That's how you'd win tip competitions this year. Yeah. Play opposites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next game will be the first place Cats versus the 13th placed Bulldogs. Both teams in a bit. Is this the time to play opposite? Yeah. Do I go, yeah, yeah, the dogs. I'm back. I'm back sure. in the dogs. I, I just. Are you yeah, doing I'm it? I'm back in the dogs, yeah. Far out. Wow. Yeah. Doing it. Maybe this is it. Mm-hmm. I think it, you're right. Of course it is. I just said it. <laughs> I'm going for the dogs. <laughs> right. I'm tipping the dogs. Whoa, both back in the upset. Love it. Yeah. Um, Got to pick them somewhere because I look through all these tips and I'm just going for like favourites all the time yeah. and it's not, it's not right. Uh, look, the Cats lost that game straight after the bye, but I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen them play at, at Etihad or Marvel this year. So um, No, let's, the dogs play, dogs play, play well. well there. Let's go with that. Uh, the Western, they would say Birdie Derby. Derby. <laughs> Birdie Derby. Uh, Docker, Docker Birdie Derby. Um, <laughs> Frio taking on the Eagles in what? You feel like should be a easy victory for the West Coast, considering Fremantle's disappointing showing last week. That's right, and for, and Fremantle's Fremantle's outs. They've yeah. just got some bad outs now. It's true. Some key figures that were um, part of the reason for their rise yeah. this year. So I think the uh, Eagles will will claim that Derby. So do I. Derby Derby. Um, and the emotional disappointment of losing Harley Bennell or Ross Lyon coming out and saying that he's unlikely to get a contract for next year. 
it's gonna hurt those it's gonna hurt those docker players they're gonna it's gonna sting it's gonna sting i don't reckon that's not gonna inspire them that's for sure mm. yeah too many calf injuries yeah. bloody hell it's a lot oh, you can't play football if you just can't how would you feel if the saints picked him up if it was for absolute dirt cheap yeah, nothing. nothing and it was for one year i wouldn't mind okay. Whatever, yep. but but it's maybe not because he's not going to play football. Probably. You look at the the history; it's just he, he his body cannot do it. So I'd also worry about the cultural uh, implications of that as well. He just doesn't seem like he, he's a good teammate in and, and no. what you've seen him do outside of football has been pretty disappointing. Um, it has been, yeah. And the age he is, he's twenty six. Like should have a lot of football left, but he just cannot get fit. Um, just can't get his body right, uh, mate. I don't know if a fresh start would help with any of that. Another fresh start. That's not going to change it. Yeah, exactly. That hasn't. And it's been years of an expensive fresh start. You wait for Hawthorne to pick him up and him to become the next Sean Burgoyne. Mate, absolutely. It'll happen now. Yeah, it will. They'll pull some move. They'll get Cornelio and Benel, and then he'll turn into some weapon. Yeah, he'll be the, he'll be the midfield key to their next rebuild and next run of three premierships. I must say, I've a little bit of... Schadenfreude yeah, with um with our boy um Chad Wingard just not being that great. Yeah, I hear that because that sucked. Oh yeah, like come come to one of our clubs. I wanted him to go to not Hawthorne. <laughs> Anyone but Hawthorne. Anyone but yeah. someone else. Yeah. And uh, he hasn't been that great. And Burton's a really good player, and they've missed one for once. They have. Yep. Yeah, ja- yeah, Jarman MP's come to another level since he's come to the Hawks. So yeah, he has. They, they they're they're good. They they're great at it. Damn them. Bloody Hawks. Yeah. Um, Sunday at one ten, uh, the, the 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 winning again Carlton Blues taking on the Melbourne D's um, in a in a battle for sixteenth spot on the ladder. Um, I really think that our backs should have a good opportunity. Like we've been, our back one's been the best performing one all year, and their forward fifty entries have been shocking. Um, yeah, they are a good contestable team. We're a pretty good contestable team. Although we don't have Crips, probably, probably. I, yeah. I think, unfortunately, that I'm going to have to tip the Ds because I want an each-way kind of tip. And also, I think it's the logical choice. I think they're probably going to win. Um, it's a nice way to think, though. Good way to protect yourself, you know? <laughs> each-way tip. She's a win-win for you. I think so. You know? <laughs> um, well, with that, I think the key thing there is that the Ds are terrible in attack and you guys are really great in defense. And with your freer flowing and more attacking style of play that complements that defense i reckon you can get over it. this was before you talked me into it with um just on impulse the western bulldogs over the cats this was going to be the game where i thought there would be a chance of an upset um because it's not much of an upset upset 17th v 16th melbourne aren't great no and you guys are playing better football Heaps better football so i'm gonna go the blues mate oh, I'll yes. it for you. all right well i'm glad you oh. are because i'm if i did i'd you know that being said, I tipped them last week and they won, so maybe I don't have the same you did. same black voodoo magic that you do. But if I change my pick now, they'd definitely lose, mm. so I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. You can't do it now. <laughs> Leave it as is. I will. I will. Um, what else have we got? We've got North taking on my terrible Kilda down in Hobart. Mm. Um, Hobart at Blunston Arena. Yeah, I'm really sorry, Barty, but I don't think that you'll be able to get it done. North, they're just looking, oh. they're looking all that. They're in the who's good category on that. Podcast, AF Eloquence, oh, yeah. Definitely. i be worried. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, I'm, I'm, you, you'd be a madman to tip the Saints. Oh. Are you a madman? 
How are you feeling? No. Okay. Right. No, I'm very sane. I'm, I'm glad you're sane, Bart. Um, although that was a bit weird. That was a bit weird. We dropped out on Skype. I had a little Which moment, is... a little insane moment, potentially. Oh. But, uh, but I am sane. And being a sane man, I'm sipping the ruse because they look great. And they're attacking and it's awesome to watch. Probably but, the most enjoyable team to watch in the last month. What a, yeah. what a crazy thing a new coach will get you. Don't worry about us, though. We'll grind away and, you know... You know, turn ourselves into these miserable players. We'll lose six in a row and wait for Richo to leave politely, and then we'll, you know, we'll be all over and doesn't really matter. But we'll get a new coach then when it doesn't have that great new coach effect. And then the new top five draft pick, Bart. Come on. Ah, oh, true, of course. Yeah, yeah. some injury prime, some star. poor kid. Yeah. yeah, come into our club. Come onto the Saints, mate. And, uh, and the last game on Sunday up. At Giants Stadium, it's the Giants and the Lions. Um, could be a sneaky oh, hot tip for a game of the round. I think you could be right there. Um, yeah, the Lions could really stamp their Ooh. finals credentials Ooh, on yeah. the season with a big win at home over the Giants. But the Giants have been incredibly impressive when they've been playing in Sydney. Uh, so I've got to pick the, uh, the Giants on this game. Is it in Brisbane? No, it's, 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 in, um, it's in Sydney. I see. Okay. Mm. Yeah, mate. They, they're, they're good. And you, you'd mm. think they'll respond. And it was funny. We did mention this last week because we talked about the, the Essendon game, but how quickly media are starting to write the Giants off and their credentials off. Stupid. Doesn't take much, does it? Stupid. And so you know what normally happens? They'll come out and they'll beat the Lions by 45 points, 50 points. <laughs> you know? They will. They will. Absolutely. Um, yep. Giants for me. Me too. All right. That's the round. That's round 16. Um, now it's time for a little tasty bit of footy history. Here it is. Settle, settle down for a table. Um, Here it is. Yeah. Crack a, crack a beer. Crack a beer. Sit light, back. Relax. Light the fire. Oh, do have to light the fire in a minute. First, oh. history. <laughs> history first, then fire, Emil. That's right. All right. This is, as promised, a Tasmanian uh, Ooh. Hi- history segment. My home state. As I mentioned um, last week, I could do there. Are, there are many, many stories, and I tried to. I tried to. Get, uh, this is a bit of a smattering of a lot of them, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how you like it. Um, apologies to any mistakes. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna do research for days. So no, thank you. that's not what this is. This is AF <laughs> no, eloquence, where we're strange. eloquent as fuck about all things football. So Yeah, it doesn't mean doesn't mean we'll be right. We'll just be we'll just talk well about it. Yeah, exactly. That's all <laughs> we're saying. We're just two guys who came back from Tassie last week. I came back with a story to tell. Not That's all right. stories are fact check. No. Why do they have to be in this world? Huh? Of rules and regulations and facts. Football has been played on the Isle of Van Diemen's since at least eighteen fifty one with big matches involving Hobart Town and nearby Richmond predating football across the Bass Strait in Victoria. Can't however, the Go those however, Richmond Tigers. Richmond Tigers. Yeah. However, reports of crossbars and offside make it pretty much certain that the game they were playing back in 1851 was a type of rugby. Interesting. Okay, so they had, they had the bars there. Maybe a bit, of, a bit of an Irish influence, a Gaelic yeah, influence, maybe? Possibly, possibly. In 1866, however... With the adoption of Victorian rules football, the game in Tasmania became a bit more organised. And even though some clubs continued playing by their own unique sets of rules, 
Um, it was the first area colonised by the game we now know as Aussie rules football. Oh, wow. Was it re- okay, there we go. So they moved. So all, all those years ago, Emily, they managed to mm. move on down and colonise Tasmania in football terms. And then right. in this day and age right now, 2019, they're trying to do it again, bring a team over. They are. They are. Nothing's changed. It's very receptive to the, to the code, though. Absolutely, they love it. Live and breathe it. There's no other code there. I nearly don't believe these stories of rugby fields because I knew absolutely no one who played rugby in Tasmania in 18 years of living there. Oh, no, you knew some bloke at your school who was of Islander origin. You're right. You're a good listener. Luke and Tahi Wilcox. Wilcox were the only two people I knew. They're twin boys from New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Identical (laughs) twins. Right. Very well. well. Maybe they were playing playing for Hobart Town Rugby. That's right. Just near Richmond. That's right. Um, the earliest club in Tasmania is believed to have been Newtown, established in 1864, uh, but it was disbanded soon afterwards. Other notable early clubs were the Derwent and Stoll Club, the Break of Day Club, which I love. I love that. Name. Love that. The Break Break of Day Club. Oh, it's also oh, a delicious. It's also a zombie flick that you got to watch. Yeah. Uh, really. Longford. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Launceston <laughs> yeah. Church Grammar School and Cornwall, which later became City. All right, there we go. City. That's my city roots. Cornwall. Yeah, man. Cornwall. Uh, in other states, you know, sorry, in other states, leagues were generally based around big urban areas with major populations uh, sustaining multiple clubs. Tassie, on the other hand, was a bit different as the population was a bit more evenly distributed, which had a couple of unique outcomes. The first was the famous intrastate rivalry, oh, which yeah. doesn't really exist on any mainland states. Mate, um, North v. South. Hobart mm-hmm. v Lonnie, look oh, out. big time. There's a bit of that in this, uh, in this segment. Don't even talk to me about it. As a Launceston oh. man, I'm getting angry just thinking about Hobart, those dogs. About to crush a can of bugs in your hand. Yeah, that's right, mate. I don't want to see that cascade um, lager anywhere near me. No, don't do it. Never touch my lips. Um, I hate Mona. It was, a, it was also the, fir- it was the only state where there were three different top-tier leagues that existed simultaneously. Um, which I'll Love. get into in a minute. Love their footy. And f- right. And finally, it was the last outcome was uh, of the spread population base was the ability for teams representing relatively small towns to be highly competitive in those top leagues. Now, the big leagues in Tassie were the Tasmanian Football League, which is based around Hobart, which started in 1879. Then there's also the Northern Tasmanian Football Association which was based around Launceston, which started in 1886. And finally, the Northwest Football Union, which was uh, based around the Northwest Coast, and that started in 1910. Post-World War II, and probably up until the late 70s, were the the glory years of Tasmanian football, with the three leagues undergoing significant expansion. TSL. All those leagues, those three leagues, they they lasted for... All of that time till the 1970s, so like a hundred years, first two and like sixty years. That's incredible. They all yeah hung around it's pretty, for that long. It's pretty amazing to, to to be able to sustain three three leagues like that is amazing um, in a tiny state. Oh yeah, right now and, the yeah, population's the, the, like half a million. Now the uptake of players was was pretty crazy. It was like way higher percentage of the population wise than anywhere else in the country. Still is the highest like percentage of players to, to just civilians. Yeah, we make make it's a football factory down there, mate. Footy Dress. factory, apples and footballers. 
Apples for balls and, and cultural experiences. That's right. Tasmania. Mm. Mm. Post, oh, and, and logging, of course, naturally. Oh, um, we love our logging yeah, too. Don't we just. Um, Post-World War II, too, yeah, the 70s was the, was the glory years. Um, the three leagues underwent the expansion to say that. Um, the TSL upped their numbers to six clubs, as did the NTFA, whereas the NWFU, which is the Northwest Football Union, they had between 16 and 14 clubs at any one time. So it, it, it changed. Right. Um, yeah. Now, there have long been attempts to incorporate the leagues to form a single statewide competition. Um, the most successful and longest lasting being the Tasmanian State Premiership, which began in 1909, whereby the premiers of the Northern Tasmanian Football Association and the Tasmanian Football League, which was at the time confusingly called the TANFL, well, that's by the by, they'd play off in a single grand final for the right to be dubbed state premiers. So, yeah, the, the, top, top, the top clubs from each league would play off in a, in a one-off game um, to be state premiers. Initially, the Hobart-based teams dominated, winning the first 14 iterations. That was broken, however, when City, from the Northern Tasmanian Football Association, took the Bulldog Cup, as it was known, the Bulldog from North Cup. Hobart. Yeah, from North Hobart in 1928, the Bulldog Cup. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out why. I, I, didn't, why. Look that, I didn't look that hard. So yeah, dense. That. Ah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we want facts, that's all. Yeah. In, not in, well, some facts. Some facts. facts. Hmm. And a story, a compelling tale, a Bulldog tale. In no, in, in 1950, teams from the Northwest Football Union were invited to participate for the first time, with the, ter- with the tournament then travelling on a rotating basis, where the home team would automatically qualify for the final, and then the two away teams would play off in a prelim in order to get to the granny. Mm-hmm. Now, these games have, surprise, surprise, not been without their controversy. Oh, you don't say. Bunch of Tasmanian idiots running around playing footy with a big fun? rivalry. What? Right. This, now, this, 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 this next bit, I could have done a whole episode on this. Oh, um, wow. The 1939 iteration, the state premiership, the match was awarded to Cannonor, I think it's pronounced Cannonor, after Launceston refused to play as the umpire appointed for the match was a one C. Dwyer, and he'd previously umpired a North versus South intrastate match earlier in the year, and whose partiality was heavily questioned by the Northerners. Hmm. Is that so? Those cheating dogs paying off the umps, eh? Those Hobart... (laughs) C. Dwyer? C. Dwyer. I heard he's on the board of that Hobart team. Right. The aftermath of this incident lasted almost a year as the Tasmanian Football League imposed a suspension on Launceston Football Club and wow. all of its players due to what? its, um, yeah, due to, due to um, the connection, and, and sorry, they imposed a suspension on Launceston and all of its players and due to their connection, the Tasmanian Football League, with the Tasmanian Amateur Sports Federation, which was the recognised body for the state, it meant that no sporting body or organisation in Australia was allowed to stage an event that featured a player from that Launceston team. Oh my god, a player like down to the the last detail. Jeez. No one. What a huge move. You might right. as, you might even say they started their own world war in nineteen thirty nine. Mate, it was in their own uh, world. That's right. They it was the Shattered the, their own the, world. The North South Cold Cold War. Yeah. It's still it's still going. It's it's been that many years and it's we're still it's still going. Which side it's of very chilly. It's very cold as well, so it's it is cold. It's very cold. Yeah, it's do it. 
Yeah. Um, so, for instance, the North-South Boxing Day cricket match in 1913 was also cancelled as North selected a Launceston footballer in their team. Jeez. Now, controversial. The Northern uh, Tasmanian Football Association supported Lonnie's right to forfeit and refused to recognise the suspensions, and then they called off all intrastate fixtures with the South from that point. There we go. This is how it happens. Here it That's is. Right. Launceston, of course, played in the following 1914 season in the NTFA, which led to every other NTFA club to be suspended in the same manner because they played against Launceston. <laughs> oh, my word. That is insane. And so did you say 1914? I thought you said 1939 yeah. early, earlier on, hence my oh, World no. War I reference. <laughs> well, no, World War II, for, sorry. Well, this is, well, you know. Well, we are World, World War I, right? started yeah. just around the corner. So There yeah. it is. Close is. Um, a truce was eventually brokered in 1914 when both leagues expressed regret without either making any real apology. No apology, just we regret the situation we're in. That's right. Can we go back to normal? Yeah, pretty much. And they did. Another noteworthy game was the 1967 decider between Wynyard from the, I believe, the That's Northwest like a, Football Yeah, league. Northwest. It's near yeah. Burnie. Yeah. And North Hobart, which was being played at Burnie's West Park Oval. Uh-huh. A, no, a no result was declared when Wynyard fans stormed the pitch oh and boy. tore down the goalposts oh boy. to prevent North Hobart's David Collins from kicking what would have been a match-winning goal after the siren. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't fucking kick a goal if there's no post there. Oh. Right. <laughs> wow, what a play. That's like Dane Randy to the max. Oh, mate, it's where he got the idea. I reckon so. A hundred Dane Rampies <laughs> yeah. trying to just shake down the pole. <laughs> oh, my it's, word. Dude, either they weren't as well put into the ground or there was some serious people power to, to rip down those posts. Well, Pretty what did we say about Tasmanians, particularly this time? What are they good at? Taking down big pole-like big, big, uh, structures. Big lengths of wood. <laughs> Trees, big bits of wood. <laughs> right, yeah. So, you know, they, pulled, they probably put them in there, take them back out. Probably did. There. It was at probably Bernie. Did. It would have been a home ground game for them. True. Now, Collins, who is the one who was going to be kicking the goal after the siren, he stayed on the field with the ball underneath his guernsey, waiting for the umpires, players and officials and police to clear the ground. But he wow. never got to take his kick Cops as the umpire, who was a northern umpire, Jack Pilgrim. He'd already gone home under, under police escort and the crowd were parading the goalposts around the ground. <laughs> My word. That is fantastic. <laughs> Definitely lost control of the ground, uh, the crowd. Then the police, if they just could have used it. some behavioural awareness officers. I think. I reckon that's what it needs. That's what the game needs. That's what it needed. That's what, that's could, what they needed. Could have nipped in the bud right then, right then and there. Footy in Tasmania has always been extremely popular. For instance, in the TANFL, which is the South uh, Grand Final between Glenorchy and Clarence, which was at North Hobart Oval in, um, I think it was 1971, there was a crowd of 24,968,000, which doesn't sound like a hell of a lot, but at the time it was 15% of Hobart's population. Did you say 10%? 15. Wow, way. I yeah. got a, a Skypo right then, but that is insane. Massive amount of people. 15% of your whole population is at the game. Yeah. Imagine 15% of Melbourne's population turning out for something. You'd have a, oh. it's, a, it's a riot. It's crazy. Yeah, it's hundreds of thousands of people. Uh-huh. Yeah, wow. Oh, but no, million, what is it? What are we, six million or something like that? Is that where Melbourne's uh, at? Oh, oh, four or something, almost five maybe. So oh, okay. what's that? T- 10% would be 400,000, so yeah. 600,000, so. 
That's a lot of people, man. If they all rocked over to the football, look out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the final state premiership was played in 1978. Now, another statewide competition was organised for 1980. It was called the Winfield Statewide Cup, which was to be a seven-week pre-season tournament featuring all 20 teams of um, the three leagues, plus one team from the Circular Head Football Association, Smithton, oh. who were a, pow- a powerhouse of that league. Well, Smith and getting a look in. Yeah, and they went on eventually to join the Northwestern Football Union after that. Right, because that's, that's where they would... Northwestern, strange they didn't go to the Launceston one. I think Smith and's northeast. Yeah, right. Each to their own. Yeah. Um, unless Wikipedia's lying to me, I don't know. No, it could now, have been it. The competition was not a popular one for the northern clubs, who believed it was biased towards the south and refused to play in the tournament ever again. It sounds like, to be honest... Launceston is like... Bunch of whinge and bastards. Yeah, and Hobart's <laughs> just been better, always has been better, always will be a better place. And Launceston are just like, when they lose, they're like, oh, they're, they're cheating, paying the umps. Maybe oh, that. Or, or, or maybe the Wikipedia article was written by people from the South. Could be. That's true. Good point. Looking at that. That's right. Classic Hobart talk, right? Wouldn't it be classic? Using the superior technology that you can get down south to their advantage. Uh, Their fast internet down there and their colour TVs. Oh, wouldn't you know it. Watch the football and the colour. And their 24-hour power. Oh, yeah, and their Mona. Dark mofo. Fuckers. Arseholes. Lonsers and forever. They're a bunch of cheaters, I say. They're like the Hawthorne of the era. They are. Now, they set up, the North set up their own competition instead, called the Greater Northern Football League, which had the same format as the original statewide premiership, which is the, um, the, the, the best team from the Northern Football League and the Northwestern Football Union playing off in a grand final. But that competition only lasted two seasons. Oh, because we can't do now, it right there in Launceston. Can't do things no, right. Just didn't have the pizzazz of the, of the Southerners. Needed some of that dark mofo vibe. That's right. Pagan, yeah. pagan energy. Yeah, that's right. Um, in 1986 and 1987, a true statewide league was formed when five of the Northern clubs broke away from the Northern Leagues to play in the TANFL, who then changed their name back to the Tasmanian Football League. So, in 1986, from the North uh, Football League, it was North Launceston, East Launceston, and City South, who merged and became... Um, South Launceston, yep. they moved in 1986. And in 1987, Davenport and Cooey left the NWFU and joined. Cooey, though, changed their name at the time to Bernie. There we go. These are all, yeah. these are all the leagues and names I'm familiar with. There you go. This is your era. Good name. Yeah, getting there. The, re- the remaining clubs of the NTFA and NWFU merged to form the NTFL. Enough acronyms for you? Yep. I'm loving them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Give me more. More, please. <laughs> more? <laughs> this would be. Widely known as the start of the decline of top-level football in Tasmania. Yes. Here we Uh go. As clubs started losing money due to a range of factors, poor governance, poor attendance, maybe thanks to better broadcast in the newly expanded VFL, and high travel costs of travelling around all the way around Tasmania. It's a lot. A lot of driving. Oh, a lot of driving. Yeah. No trains. Trains would help. Uh, Would help. No trains at all. Through both, uh, through, sorry, through the nineties, both the NTFL and the TFL lost lots of lost clubs. Some returning to local or amateur level, and some, such as the famous Sandy Bay Football Club, folding entirely. 
By the year 2000, only six teams remained in the statewide league, and after one of the most poorly attended grand finals in over 70 years, mm. the league folded. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. The surviving clubs from the north joined the NTFL, and the southern clubs formed the Southern Football League. When the TFL was disbanded, the Tasmanian Devils were formed and admitted to the VFL. They had, compared to other VFL teams, a really healthy following, and they played home games at Launceston, Hobart, Ulverston, Burnie, and Davenport. Most of them, obviously, at Lonnie and Hobart, but they travelled around as well. Where were they, where were they from, that, particularly? They were, Tasman- well, they were Tasmanian. The, they were Tasmanian Devils. Um, mm. where they tra- where, I, didn't, I didn't find out where they trained, um, but they, I, I don't know. But they played home games at both those, all those places. Awesome. Um, and they had good attendance. Between, and between 05 and 07, they were affiliated with the Kangaroos, so that up to six Mel- North Melbourne players could play for them every week. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And after, but after only eight years, and with a new Tasmanian Football League about to start, um, the Devils were wound up in 2008. Mm. In 2009, the TFL started again with 10 teams. Now, Tassie has been traditionally slow to push for a, a, a team in the big league. It took until after the relocation of the Swans and the admissions of teams from both per, from Perth, Brisbane and Adelaide before a serious bid from Tasmania was launched. But between 96 and 98, a bid was prepared which involved a new $34 million, 30,000 seat stadium at the Hobart Showgrounds. The bid unfortunately proved unsuccessful with the, with the AFL citing a small population, a lack of sponsorship interest, and of course, and of course, the north-south divide is the main reasons. Oh, there it is. Who's going to have Quick it? Quick to trot it out. Aren't there they? it is. Right, yeah. Launceston. We got York Park, Aurora Stadium, whatever it's called now, where the Hawks play. University, University of Tasmania. Of Tasmania. Yeah. And then we got Blonston Oval down yeah. south, cold and windy. In 2010, in response to the planned expansions on the Gold Coast and Western Sydney, interest was again revived in a Tasmanian AFL side. And while the AFL admitted there was a strong business case, including a $4 million sponsorship from Mars, then-CEO Andrew Dimitriou said to Tasmanian Premier Paul Lennon, Not now! Not ever! Whoa, firm. Strong words. And just wrong. It'll definitely happen. (laughs) It will definitely happen. Sometime. Ever's a long time. It's a long damn time. Um, in early 2018, AFL Tasmanian CEO Rob Old resigned, and the following day, Bernie and Davenport withdrew from the state league, citing a lack of funding, meaning that the state league currently has no clubs from the historically strong Northwest. That's a shame. Sad. It's sad. This is a the sad same tale. week. It's a very sad tale. Mm. The same week that Bernie and Davenport withdrew from the league. The very first AFL-X tournament took place, and it was announced that the Gold Coast Suns had received $25 million in subsidies for the 2017 season. Bunch of dogs, man. Yeah. They don't even care about it. We've got 15% of the Hobart coming to games. That's right. A couple hundred years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Later on last year, Bill Shorten pledged $25 million to help fund a Tasmanian team in the AFL, but that was, of course, dependent on them winning the federal election. Whoops. Oh, whoopsie. Yeah. Oh, bad luck, Bill. Now, a new push is just getting started. It is. And it, in March this year, in a story by Carolyn Wilson, it was revealed that the AFL had even set Premier Will Hodgman some guidelines 
on what Tassie would need in order to support an AFL team. Those guidelines are a minimum 50,000 members. Boy, oh boy, jeez. Upfront capital of $40 million. What a coin. Now, they, these are the junk ones. Those are the two important ones. The next ones are the junk ones. Yeah. A unified Tasmanian football community. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. North-South, baby. Um, yeah. AFL standard venues, a minimum of 10 Tasmanians in the AFL, and a respectful ex-strategy for North and Hawthorne. It is important to note, 50,000 sounds like a lot, but currently Tasmania has 90,000 signed-up members to mainland clubs. and. Yeah. A lot to the, the Hawks. A lot to the Hawks. The Tassie government chips in huge amounts of money um, to both Hawthorne and, and the, um, the Roos. Mm. It's $19 million they contribute to Hawthorne. That was a deal that they made in 2015 for five years, which expires obviously next year. Um, they've chipped in $2.5 million for five years for North between 2017 and 2023 for the North women's team. Um, Hobart City Council itself chipped in 600 grand for two years in a deal with North Melbourne. Spirit of Tasmania, which is owned by the state government, is paying 1.8 million over three years to North Melbourne. So there's money. It's just... um, Yeah, it's just going to mainland clubs. That's right. Just to restructure that money into those Tassie devils, mate. That's right. Do you reckon it'll happen? Because it feels like it will. And I tried to be optimistic, as I said to you last week, I think on the pod, when I mentioned this around three generations of Welchers and Saints fans, and they all rolled their eyes and went, oh. But it feels like it's going to happen, doesn't it? And well, kind of I, soon. I've got to say, though, Bart, you, you, mentioning it to a bunch of Saints fans would be different to mentioning it to a bunch of Hawthorne fans because Hawthorne fans are used to things going their way. That's right. Believing in miracles. Has, uh, Saints fans, mm. what have they had that's gone There's their no, way? There's you know? no reason to believe. Why would no, I believe no anything until it happens? Mm. You're fair. Man, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's exciting stuff, man. Because it's, it's as you say, see from your your story, it's a sad decline in the um in the state league for the Tassie. Look at yep. so many teams went under. And there the- are currently forty thousand something registered players in Tasmania, and there are something like twenty thousand soccer players registered. So the wow. AFL want to do something about boy, that. Oh because, boy, yeah, that's yeah. shifting a lot. Hey, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot. Well, at least the. We're seeing a few players drafted quite highly in these last couple of years. Taron Thomas Taren and Chase, Thomas, exactly. Chase Jones and mm. um, another guy is going to be a top 10 pick. He plays uh, for Launceston, I think. Definitely wouldn't be Hobart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's good to see that there's some players coming through because we, we've had some classics over the years. Absolute chance. Well, it coincides directly with uh, – the, the, the recruiting gap for Tassie coincides directly with the lack of top-tier clubs being – and the statewide competition. So it's, Makes sense. It's, it's no bloody brain. Yeah, you can't develop them if there's no league to develop in. That's right. Well, mate, that was awesome to hear. And as I said, a bit sad, but there's a lot of hope. Shining light, Millie. I hope we get a team in there soon. I'll have to... It'll be conflicting. I'll definitely have to stick with the Saints forever, but there'll be something soft, soft in my heart for, for the Tassie Devils. I guess what we know is it'll be everyone's second favourite club I guess the the real question is will, who's how many people will it be their first favorite club for? You'd have to wait a bunch of years, wouldn't you, for people to be born and yeah. become fans and fans that aren't super duper. I'd have friends that would absolutely shift who aren't mad football fans, and fair enough, that makes sense. Yeah, um, get a I, I reckon you'll see a lot of 
dual dual members as well down yep. there. Those those ninety thousand who are signed up members to Hawthorne or North my pa- or whoever. My parents St Kilda. That, you know, you sign up for both. My parents. Are, Why not? Yeah, my parents are Hawthorne and St Kilda members. A lot of a yep. lot of Hawks members are that. Uh, uh, they've, they've got a horse membership if they can afford it because you come and watch the Hawks play all their games. And, yep. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That will, won't be with the Hawks anymore. Thank goodness it'll be with the Tassie Devils. Well, that's this, That's it for another week of AF Eloquence. That's round 16 done. We'll see you uh, after another stellar weekend of football. Thanks for tuning in. Do hit us up on social media at AF Eloquence on Insta or on Facebook and our email is afeloquence at gmail.com um, thanks again for listening up those mighty devils yeah can the devils thanks again guys catch you next week bye